now, Holy Spirit. I lift it up, oh Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Oh, bread of heaven, oh, feed me to. Sounds so nice. Let's sing it as we enter in. Oh, fill my cup, oh Lord. Are you thirsty this morning? I lift it up, oh Lord. Welcome and quench this thirsting of my soul. lovely man i hope you're you came with thirst in your hearts for the things of god amen and i trust you've had a good week amen i see you all gathered here and it's just such a blessing to be with you and it's good to have brother keith here i wonder if we could give the lord a round of applause for bringing our brother to us amen hallelujah hallelujah it's good to see our brother keith and just makes us feel good to know that he's backing us up on the organ over there. Man, we're going to need him today. Hallelujah. Let's sing this little song together above all. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom. And all the ways of man You were here before the world began All kingdoms singing out Above all thrones Yes, above all wonders The world is ever known Above all wealth and treasures of the earth Oh, there's no way to measure what you're worth Oh, come on, sing it Crucified and laid behind the stone You live to die Rejected and alone and like the road Trampled on the ground You took the fall 
part of me above all sing it again above all above all power above all king above all nature and all created things above all wisdom above all wisdom and all the ways of man you were there Above all kingdoms, oh, and above all thrones, ain't no power over our God. Above all wonders, the world is ever known. Above all wealth and treasure of the earth, there's no way to measure what you singing out well crucified yes and laid behind the stone oh you live to die rejected and alone like a rose trampled on the ground you took the fall oh and you thought of me And you thought of me above all sin crucified, oh crucified, yes, laid behind a stone where you live to die, rejected and alone like a rose, trampled on the ground. You took the fall, oh, and you thought of me above all, like the rose and like the rose, trampled on the ground. You took the fall, yes, and thought of me. Above all, oh Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, and I live for you alone, and every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. my soul, oh, and I live for you, Lord, every breath that I take. 
Yes, well, this is my desire. I hope it's your desire, friends, to honor you, Lord, with all my heart. have within me now and all I have within me oh I give you the praise he deserves it doesn't he friends well all that I adore is Yes, I give you my soul And I live for you alone And every breath that I take Every moment I'm away Lord, have your way in me And oh Lord, I give you my heart Will I give you my soul? Oh, I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me, and every breath that I take. Every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way in me. Can we give the Lord a hand today? Hallelujah. Praise you, Heavenly Father. Praise you, Heavenly Father. Amen. As they play that softly, we're going to take some special needs to the Lord today. Amen. We just want to remember those that are traveling those that are not with us maybe dealing with sickness maybe traveling to other co- uh, countries and man we want to just remember them in prayer today uh, we want to remember our uh, brother uh, Jonathan Mayo he's traveling today I think he's in Pennsylvania so we're going to keep him and family in prayer man that he would have a safe trip and God would bring him safely back to our assembly and I uh, want to remember brother Wellington um, who has arrived in Zimbabwe Amen. And just pray that he'll be a blessing everywhere that he goes over there. And God would just uh, be with him in a mighty way. Amen. Remember, uh, Brother Shem, uh, Jacoral, and his wife in the prayer. Amen. Um, so we'll just keep those special needs on the Lord. Amen. Continue praying for Brother Keith. Amen. That God will give him a, a full deliverance. Amen. From this affliction. Amen. We're just going to hold him up in our prayers. Amen. Brother Jason, if you'll come forward and take these needs to the Lord for us. Amen, that'd be just fine. Amen. Well, Brother Keith, we've been praying for you. And it's an encouragement to see you here in church. So let's just bow our heads and give God all the thanks. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, it's just a grand privilege that we have that we can come into your presence this morning with saints of like precious faith and just join our hearts together and just give you all the glory. 
give you all the honor. And Lord, as I've said, Lord, it's good to see Brother Keith here in church. And Lord, your word says we can ask anything in your name, believing, and we would have it. This morning, Lord, I put Brother Keith before you. Lord, I, that's the miracle I want. I want to see my brother made whole, Lord. And Lord, I lay him before you this morning, asking. That's my asking this morning, that you would just heal our brother for your glory and for your honor, Lord, that he can continue at his post of duty at the organ. How much of a blessing he's been to all of us, Father. We just want to thank you for him. And Lord, for the many needs that have been listed here this morning, I lay my hand on them. Lord, just ask that your will would be accomplished and done. Lord, I have needs of my own life, Lord, that I've laid before you. And Lord, looking for answers, Father God, I know you will provide. And as our pastor would come out and preach the word of life, Lord Jesus, we just ask, Lord, that you would speak to each and every one, meet our needs specifically, Lord God. And Lord, we'll be sure to give you all the glory. Be with us the remainder of the song service. Lord, each one in their place, their office, Lord, may you just bless each one now. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jason. And I'll let you have your seats for a little while. Man, we're going to sing a song, Lord, I lift your name on high. Amen. Let's sing this together as we praise and worship our Heavenly Father. Lord, Lord, I lift your name on high. Oh, Lord, I love to sing your praises. And I'm so glad you're in my life. And I'm so glad you came to save us. Put your hands together. Lord, I lift your name on high. That's right. Lord, I love to sing your praises. Well, I'm so glad you're in my life. And I'm so glad you came to save us. Oh, yes, you came from heaven. Lift your name on high. Sing it again now. Oh Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. That's right. Come on, sing it now. Yes, you came. Heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. You 
came You came from heaven to earth To show the way From the earth to the cross My debt to pay From the cross to the grave From the grave to the sky Lord, I lift your name on high From the cross Lord, I lift your name on high. Oh, praise you, Lord Jesus. I'm so thankful he paid that ultimate price for us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. We're going to try to do a song. I don't know that we have ever tried this one, uh, but we're going to give it a shot here. Our God is an awesome God. I hope you'll join in me with me and sing this song with all your hearts. Amen. Let's start with that chorus. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Sing it. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Now the verse. When he rolls up his sleeves, he ain't just putting on a ritz. Well, there's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fists. Well, the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked them out of Eden. It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. His return is very close, so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. Some power and love. Our God is an awesome God again. And our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Second verse. When the sky was starless in the void of night, He spoke into the darkness, created the light. Well, judgment and wrath He poured out on Sodom. Mercy and grace He gave us at the cross. I hope that we've not too quickly forgotten that our God is an awesome God. Sing it! Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven and Now just the ladies, just the ladies. Sing it, ladies. Come on, sing it. Now the guys, just the guys. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns, reigns. From heaven and with wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. Well, our God is an awesome God. He reigns.
from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Oh, isn't he awesome? Hallelujah. Glory be to the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. My, we serve an awesome God. Ain't that right, Brother Keith? Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, as most of you know, uh, the... uh, the Marine Corps celebrated a, uh, an anniversary, two, was it 248 years, brother? I think it was. 248 uh, years of service, and uh, that was November the 10th on Friday. Man, I just wanted to give a shout-out to all of our service members and all of the, the ultimate sacrifices that those men and women have paid down through the years so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we experience in this country. Amen. Freedom is never free. It was bought and paid for with a price. Amen. Our own personal salvation was bought and paid for by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Is that right? There's a correlation there. Amen. I just wanted to say a little shout out. Man, and do a little song in honor of them. I've been dying to do this uh, song. First time I heard the the version of the Marine Corps' (laughs) Days of Elijah. I don't know if any of you have ever, any y'all heard that? All right. Well, I got some in here that's going to be able to help me. Brother Noah, I'm going to have Brother Noah come up here and help me uh, lead the congregation. And what I want to do is get all the children, all the children, I want you to come forward and stand in the front. We're going to, we're going to lead the church in this song. Don't worry, parents. It'll be all right. We've got about a thousand eyes watching them. I don't think they'll get into mischief. So it's all right. Come on up and stand here. We're going to do this little song called Days of Elijah. Man, <laughs> How many of you know the, uh, the Marine, cry, the Marine uh, Corps' battle cry? Oorah! Y'all have heard that? Well, that's, that's what we're going to be saying in this little song, and it's just going to be a little tribute, my way of saying thank you to the Marines, amen, and honor our Heavenly Father, amen. Let's do that song. These are the days of Elijah. Come on now. Declaring the word of the Lord. These are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, years of famine and darkness and sorrow, still we are the voice. In the desert, crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, He comes, riding on the cloud, shining like the sun. At the trumpet's call, we'll lift your voice. Hoorah! Hear unto believe, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. All right. These are the days of Ezekiel, the dry bones becoming as flesh. These are the days of your servant David rebuilding a temple of praise. Well, these are the days of the harvest, amen. Well, the fields are all wide in the world. Are the labor in your vineyard? Come on, stand and sing with us. The word of the Lord will be holy. Come riding on the cloud. 
shining like the sun. Oh, at the trumpet's call, lift your voice. Say it now. Out of Zion till salvation comes. All right, here it comes. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 Will behold He come. Riding on the cloud, shining like the sun. Oh, at the trumpet's call, we'll lift your voice. Yes, it's the year of Jubilee. And out of Zion's hill, salvation. Let's do no God like Jehovah. There's 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 no God like Jehovah. Jehovah, we're riding on the cloud, yes, and shining like the sun. At the trumpet's call, I lift your voice. Ooh, to hear what to believe. And out of Zion till south, last time now, well, behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet's call, lift your voice, hurrah, hear a jubilee, and out of Zion till salvation comes. All right, all right, let's give him a hand. Glory, hallelujah. Y'all can go down now. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that precious? Hallelujah. My, I think you did the Marines proud there. Amen. That song will never be the same again. <laughs> That's all right. Amen. Let's, uh, let's have our uh, deacons come forward. Man, we're going to take up an offering. Man, you just feel free to give us uh, unto the Lord as we continue our worship through our tithes and our offerings and our free will givings, amen. Those things go to help further God's kingdom through this world, amen. All the good things that are happening, spreading, amen. The the books and the tapes and the the Bibles. I'm just so thankful to be a part of that, aren't you? Amen. Brother Mike Pritchard, would you lead us in prayer, sir? As the deacons pass, you can have your seats. We're just going to sing that little song she's playing there. And Brother Keith has a special for us, man, with his family. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I see. You are my all in all. Well, seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all, all in all. Jesus, oh, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. 
cross my sin Taking my sin, my cross, my shame Rising again, I bless your name You are my all in all And when I fall down, you pick me up When I am dry, you fill my cup you are my all in all. Sing it now. Oh, Jesus, oh, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, oh, Lamb of God, well, It's good to be here with you this morning. Brother Jaron had asked me earlier if I thought I could sing a special, and I said, I just don't know if I can or not. I don't know if I have the wind, but I said, over there, and I said, I'm not going to give Satan any victory at all. <clears throat> and this song is on my heart. All I know is you're looking at a miracle from where I was three weeks ago to where I am now your prayers really work I failed every one of them all I can say is over and over again and again God has proved that he is faithful amen, amen. just keep me in your prayers
I have no hesitation. God does what he says he will do. Oh, I'd simply say every battle has taught me there's nothing he won't help me through. So why should I dwell on the hardships and struggles when I look just beyond them I see the way this will end is with great celebration and deep in my heart I believe over and over again and again God is faithful over and over again and again through it all he's made me over and again friends hallelujah well i don't know anything else to do but just sing through it all man i think that'd be a fitting song man let's stand and sing as our pastor uh makes his way to the podium here and we'll just uh see what god has in store for us amen well through it all through it all i've learned to trust in Jesus, oh, I've learned to trust in God, through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow And many times I didn't know right from wrong But in every situation He gave me blessed consolation That my trials only come to make me strong Sing it now, Brother Barry it all, through it all, 
Oh, I've learned to trust in God. heads together in prayer, and uh, we did not mention Brother Matt Cross, I don't think. Brother Matt's away uh, this weekend, and then also this morning, uh, we certainly want to remember Brother Fulcher and uh, not having a good morning, and uh, we're thankful that Sister Becky's still here, but if you don't mind remembering him in prayer and uh, family as well, and uh, just trusting that uh, as we've said before, His mercies are new every day, and we count on that. We look for those mercies every morning. Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence today, we do believe, Lord, that you're a God who hears, you're a God who cares, you're a God who knows. You always have the best answer. And Lord, your ways are not our ways, they're higher than our ways. And so the very best thing we can do, Lord, is bind all of our cares Bring them to the foot of the cross, Lord, and leave them there with confidence, knowing, Lord, that you you are mindful, Lord, and your will is always supreme for us. And so, Lord Jesus, we commit every need now into your hands and pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would bring every spirit, including my own, under your control. Father, I pray that you would just minister to the sick. Lord, we hold up Brother Fulcher, especially in prayer today. And ask, O oh God, that you'd be merciful to him. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just have your way among us here today. And Lord, forgive us of anything that may hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit. Forgive me, Lord. I have said anything, Lord, uh, in any way that, Lord, may grieve the Spirit of God from this place. And Lord Jesus, we commit the ministers among the bride of Christ into your hands today. Pray that you would anoint them mightily for service. And Lord, bless your people all over the earth, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus Christ's lovely name and for your glory. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning. God bless you. We welcome all of you to the house of the Lord uh, this morning. And uh, thank you, musicians. It'll be just fine. We'll let you take your places there. Uh, just going to welcome back some folks that have not been here in a while. Sister Leah, God bless you. Good to have you uh, back with us again. Good to have the Jameses here from Florida. God bless you. Always good to see you. And uh, wanted to remind you, next weekend, Brother Trevor Eamon is going to be here. And uh, we're going to have two services. We're going to have a, an informal service on Saturday night with our young people, 13 and up. And then we're going to have Sunday morning service, and then he'll be taken off after that. So I want to just keep that in mind for uh, next weekend. I put out an update uh, the other day, correct, making a correction about our dinner at the end of the year. It's December 16th on Saturday night. Um, and I apologize, I had uh, initially put up the 15th, and I, again, I, that was a mistake. They say in life you're allowed one, and that's it. So uh, it is December 16th at 6 p.m. Uh, on that Sunday evening. Um, also as well, uh, we are uh, saddened uh, today uh, because Sister uh, Elizabeth, that's Sister Trisha's mother, uh, who's been with us now for a couple of months, she's heading back to Zimbabwe on Thursday morning early. Sister Elizabeth's in the back of the church here, and uh, we've enjoyed having her. Sister Elizabeth, God bless you. And uh, Godspeed as you uh, head back home again. 
in Zimbabwe. And uh, Brother Wellington is there this morning. He texted me from Zimbabwe, and uh, he said all is well. He's back with family. It's been uh, 12 or 13 years, I think, since he's been back. And uh, uh, he's certainly been looking forward to this, uh, to this time, uh, being back in the f- with the family again. Now, uh, let's do a couple of announcements here. Bear with me as we uh, work through this as quickly as I can. Uh, Brother Bill Walters has a birthday today. Brother Bill, God bless you. Do you mind me asking how old you are? 73. Just younger than Brother Tom. That's what matters, right? That's all that matters. I get it. November 13th is Sister Julia Clayville's birthday. Sister Julia, do you mind if we, if we skip asking you how old you are? Jeremy Botha, that's uh, Brother Wellington's son. They're not here this morning, I don't think. And uh, so we wish him a happy birthday. November 14th is Josiah Mayle's birthday. Josiah, stand up and tell us how old you are. Seven years old. God bless you, buddy. Have a great birthday. November 18th is Sister Autumn Pugh's birthday. There she is. And Sister Mary Elizabeth Ashdown. Who knew? That her name is not Emmy, short for Emily, but it's Mary Elizabeth M.E. Who knew that? I never knew that until her mother shows up. And I call her Emily in the service, and her mother is waiting at my door to correct me. Hey, buddy. Hey, her name's not Emily. And I said, who are you talking about? She said, it's Mary Elizabeth. Well, who knew that? And so now we have it straight. Now we have it straight. God bless you. Uh, both on the 18th of November. Just had to get that in. All right. I'm going back to 2010. This is uh, a trip that we took to Tanzania, and uh, we did a, a part of the trip was a medical mission. Part of the trip was a, um, an expedition to uh, bring, uh, bring computers and set up uh, message libraries uh, in, in Tanzania, in the nation of Tanzania. We brought librarians in from all over the country. Uh, Brother Mark and his company had donated computers, and they were all uh, prepared before we brought them over. And uh, we also did some other work that was uh, ongoing in, in Tanzania at the same time. We brought this group uh, there. There was 30 people, 30 of us who were there. There was a couple of uh, doctors who were on loan to us, and uh, it was a, a wonderful trip. We got a, a lot done, and there's a little documentary, and I'm, I should show you that sometime just to, so you can, uh, uh, most of you probably haven't seen it, and uh, we had a, a clinic. Part of it was outdoors. Part of it was indoors. That's Sister Judy Dilling, uh, who was ministering to people over there, and there was some great work that was done. We fed everybody. That Sister Becky helped cook and rice there. And um, some, of the, some of the people, who, the little kids who were quite sick, uh, I believe this was a little uh, child who had pneumonia, double pneumonia, and Sister Faye flagged it, and we got him to the hospital and uh, was taken care of. And uh, there was uh, just some, you know, it was, the people who were there were uh, very, very grateful because health care in Tanzania is essentially non-existent. And you can't get into the hospital, you can't get through the front door until you pay a fee. When you get in the hospital, they don't have medicines. So they'll give you a placebo, something that looks like medicine, and that's all they have to give. 
So this is a, this is a major issue in a, in a country like uh, Tanzania. As a matter of fact, when Brother Zephaniah Peters uh, was sick years ago, we flew him to Nairobi, Kenya uh, to get treatment over there because they had a good hospital and that's, that was what was necessary uh, back at that time. And so uh, this was a real blessing uh, for us to be able to go and do this. Well, Lord willing, on December 4th, we're going to go again. And uh, we have a, a crew of about nine people who are going to be with us. And Dr. Mayle, Brother Jonathan, uh, is going to be heading up the medical side of things. And we're bringing some, we're leaner and meaner this time. Uh, so we're, we're doing it with less people, better equipment, better knowledge of what we need in the field. And uh, so we are going to do some uh, uh, technical clinical work over there. We're bringing an EKG machine and some different other devices that... Uh, that are going to be able to help give the people information about things that they ordinarily probably would never see or experience. And uh, they're going to be holding a clinic for uh, maybe three to four days over there as well. And uh, we are bringing uh, Brother Jonathan is going, Brother Lucas Coffey is going, uh, Brother Jeremy is going, Lincolnton Clayville is going. Um, we're going to document all of this so that we'll be able to send you back some daily reports. And uh, we're also going to be uh, pr- producing a little film at the end of it so you'll be able to see it. Uh, and I'm not sure who else from here is, is going. Is there anybody else from here who's, who's going? Um, can't see. And uh, so we're excited, and we got uh, Brother Stephen Menard, who some of you know, he's going to be coming along. Gideon LaFontaine is coming along. Uh, they're nurses, and also uh, Brother who? I'll think of his name. Brother Paul LaFontaine's other son-in-law is going to be coming as well. Josh Hanna. And uh, he's going to be coming as well. So uh, we're excited about the team going. Uh, and if anybody else is saying, wow, I never knew and I'd like to go, let me know after church. Uh, there would be work for you to do. If I can get you on the plane, uh, I'd be glad to take you along. Um, you need a passport. That's one thing you do need. Uh, so if you don't mind praying about that with us, we're doing some uh, last-minute preparations now. There's still some uh, steps that we need to go through to get permissions from the uh, government in Tanzania, and that's all happening as we speak. And uh, then we coordinate all of our gear that we're bringing over, and there's a bunch of logistical things that need to be done. But if you don't mind remembering that uh, in prayer. Now, uh, two things. Uh, number one, if you want to contribute to that, if you're, you're interested in helping finance that, you're, you're certainly welcome to do that. Uh, that's all, certainly a worthy cause. Number two, um, I think it is uh, a good thing for us to do. It's not contradictory to the principles of divine healing because when a person comes into that clinic, we treat them as a believer. They're not all believers. They come in off the street. They come out of the jungle. And uh, we treat them all as believers. So they get, they get prayer, they get a witness of the message, and they get things to take home with them. Uh, it's also, I think, good for us to do, with the resources we have, it's good for us to do everything we can for anyone we encounter. And there's a lot of hurting people in the world. And whatever we can do to help people, I think we should do it. When we have the resources. And uh, for us to have the talent, the, the expertise that we have, and the ability to pull this together... I think we should do whatever we can do to help uh, God's people and to help uh, humankind in general. And uh, I, I, think, uh, I think that's a worthy cause. So we're, 
uh, we're asking you just to remember that in prayer. We just have about uh, 23 days, I think, uh, to getting ready and uh, getting it all uh, in place there. So we'd appreciate that. But we'll, we'll update you as we go along here. The last thing I wanted to say this morning is that we're thankful for our veterans. And uh, I hope that I acknowledged everybody uh, who had served in the military over the last, um, uh, last 24 hours or so. And they had a, the, all the veterans here, most of them had a little get-together last night and had a dinner. It was really nice. And uh, we're thankful for our veterans and their sacrifice and their service for our country. I never take that for granted. And uh, I, I think it's a wonderful thing. So I thought I'd go back memory lane and show you some pictures here today. Not sure you'll know who all of these are. I think I'm probably going to stump you on a few. So on the left is Brother Tom Ward. And on the right here is Lincoln Clayville. (laughs) Doesn't that look like Lincoln Clayville? That is his grandfather. Right? Brother Reynolds. And uh, he's not with us today, but... Uh, that's Lincoln's grandfather, and uh, he was at the fall festival with uh, Brother Johnny, and uh, thankful for his service as well. Now, for the Buchanans, and this is Brother Keith on the left, and Sister Christie on the right, and I love this pit- these pictures. That is Brother Richard Smith on the left, and on the right, Joe Drum. We are thankful for those brothers serving. One of my all-time favorites. (laughs) Brother Ron Knobloch. Now, here's your mystery picture. A lot of you probably might not know who this is in our church today. Anybody want to hazard a guess except family? Uh, Noah? That's Matt Cross. (laughs) No, that's not Matt Cross. Close. That's not Matt Cross. (laughs) <laughs> great guess, Noah, great guess. Who else had their hand up? Anybody know? Isaac. Ethan Pritchard? <laughs> Ethan, is that you? Close, Isaac, close. That is the man who has a birthday today, Brother Bill Walters. Brother Bill, God bless you. That's in France, I assume? We won't ask what you were doing there either. (laughs) Spain? Really? Okay. Uh, Could very well be. Now, probably my favorite here. There's a sister you don't want to mess with. That's also a sister I'm going to nominate for the next deacon here in our church. (laughs) Any sister carries a gun that casually, let me tell you, we could use her as a deacon. We appreciate your service for all of you, and uh, may God bless you richly, and uh, may uh, trust your day was, was uh, blessed yesterday. Let's stand at our feet this morning, and uh, my, we've had a lot happen already today, and sorry to take up so much time. I enjoyed very much the song service, and enjoyed the work that went into that, the preparation, and uh, these... Uh, Brother Jaron and our song leaders don't take that lightly, and it's really uh, wonderful just to hear the singing. I had to come in this morning and 
uh, be a partaker with that. Matthew chapter 25, we'll read there this morning and uh, see what the Lord has for us uh, this morning. Matthew chapter 25, you're familiar with this topic, but let's look into this this evening here, this morning. Matthew 25, verse 6, and at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. This is something I can't give away. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. And watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. May God add his blessing. You may be seated this morning. All right, now this topic here of the harvest has grown pretty substantially for me. Jeremy, give me just a shade more volume. I feel like I got a shout uh, this morning. And so I don't want to test your patience or your endurance, but I want to, uh, let, let's see how far we can get with this this morning here. Brother Bram's asked a question in 1964. This is a topic that uh, he deals with because it is an end time event. It's an end time scenario that Jesus is describing. Matthew 24 is one of the most important chapters that specifically deals with end time events. Matthew 25 is a continuation of 24, logically. And so Jesus goes into this parable about what it's going to be like in a corporate sense. And when I say that, I mean globally what's, what's going on here uh, in, in these last days. And so I'm interested today in looking at the specific events that take place in the last day and who they happen to. And so Brother Bram's asked this question, where are the foolish virgins during the millennium? And he says, in the millennium, they're in the grave. That's the short answer. So therefore, they're not included as members of the bride, but they are virgins. And therefore, they have standing with God. And the rest of the dead lived not for a thousand years. That means that they would come up in judgment. Okay? So therefore, we want to hold that in mind now and look at this diagram. I've showed you this diagram before. Uh, Noah, I don't know if this is the one you were talking about before, you were searching for. Uh, this, this is simply a, a depiction of uh, events in the last day. It, it all centers around Christ. Obviously, uh, he's, he's the center of the picture, the center of the scene. But we have the bride doing something specific and Israel uh, doing something very specific. We have the cosmos and the world and where they are and where they've been moving to. We have national powers that are at work and then we also have the church. All of them have a distinct role. They're all different. Nobody's doing the same thing here on, on this diagram. But I want to explode that diagram in just a moment here. That's one I made years ago. And I want to add to that. So bear with me here. Those are, I, I guess you could say, the general, uh, the general five areas that are of concern to all of us in this last day. Now, how many of you believe we're living in the last day? If you really do, 
then that should, that should affect your thinking. Because living in the end times meaning, it means that we're not going to have lots of time. We're at the end of time for the Gentile people. And to me, my, my spirit, if you like, or my level of concern about living in this day with the events that are unfolding in our world is, has risen. My, my level of concern has risen. I'm concerned about, uh, number one, where, where, I, where I stand personally. And Christians often look inward first, and they should. We, we look at ourselves and say, Lord, when I look in the mirror, am I, am I where I need to be? Is there something I need to make right? Is there something that is, uh, you know, amiss in terms of what I'm not seeing? Uh, reveal those things to me, Lord, and help me to, uh, to be mature enough to be able to fix what needs to be fixed. To apologize for what I need to apologize for. And to love who I need to love. And I think there's a real need for true love in our time. Not criticism and not, not politics and not... Uh, campaigning for different things. I, I think there just needs to be a real love for, for God, His Word, and His people. And I, I, I just, I, I, I want us, I want, I want to have more of that in my own heart, in my own way, manner of living. And then I, you know, I think about the church as a pastor. You think about the church. I think about myself, my wife first, and you know, our family. And I, I think about the church, and I think, well, Lord, you've, you've given me my life's work has been the pastor and shepherd people, and I want to do the very best I can. And I want to see them have an equal concern about the days that we're living in. I want you to be, be praying even more fervently for your unsaved loved ones and the people that you know ought to be in a better place than where they are. Because we're living in a time where time is running out. And so it, it's a concern. Now, having said that, all of these groups here, we're a part of one of them, and everyone is a part of Another one. Everyone is a part of some group here. You're in a bubble somewhere, right? Everyone is. We're all in a bubble. And therefore, there are going to be things happen, no matter which bubble you're in, that are going to affect you seriously. And therefore, this gets really interesting. Brother Branham says, now God by his predestination has brought this seed to life, the seed of God in us, and expressing itself. God placed something in you, and now he's bringing it to life. That's what he's saying. And now on top of all that, it has overcome. Because believers are, are ordained to overcome. And see, it doesn't express itself down here. And he's talking about a lily down here in the bog or the swamp. It doesn't express itself down there. It's real true beauty. It's getting up to express itself. It's getting up to express itself. And neither did you in sin and in, in adultery and everything that you lived in. No matter how good you try to make yourself look, you are truly unexpressed as a child of God as until that life begins to show and come forth in a new birth and expression of life. And he says, you can't, you didn't express nothing, but there was a seed in there and it got a chance to press itself into life. And now you're in the presence of Jesus Christ with the sunlight. How many can say amen? You may not have thought that you are as beautiful as that, especially in contrast to everything around it, the bog and the, uh, you know, the, the, the flat colors and so forth. But he says, it got a chance to press itself into life, and now you're in the presence of Jesus Christ with the sunlight, and it brought out what you really was in the beginning. You saw the light. 
It brought out what you really were. And that's the thing about harvest, isn't it? That's a harvest term. That what has been planted has really been brought out. What has been planted is now showing itself as a true expression of that seed. And if you don't know what you are and you don't know what, uh, what's, what's taking place, you are living in a day when it's all being brought out. You're going to see the real you and me. And you're going to see the real, uh, the real uh, state of the nations. You're going to see the real, uh, the real strength of the Antichrist. You're going to see real powerful things take place because now God has allowed it to come through all the muck and history and time. And now coming in the end, it's all, it's all in a fruit phase. It's all in a harvest phase, right? And, and there's nothing beyond this. There's nothing after this except three and a half years for Israel. There's nothing else uh, that's going to be uh, saved or preserved after this. And so this is a, uh, to me, it's a, an important time. And I, that's an underscore. Now, as we said last Sunday, I just made a brief mention of this, that Brother Branham acknowledges as he gets later on in 1965, later on in his ministry, he says, uh, we, we've come through the first pull and healing and second pull, prophesying, third pull, the opening of the word, the mysteries revealed. I love his definition here. It's, it's really nice and clear and succinct. He said, the third pull is the opening of the word, the mysteries revealed. No more, there is no more higher order to reveal the word than prophets. So you don't need to do it. God never gave you the commission to do that. Never gave Brother Branham the commission to do that. But God had a prophet on the scene, gave the understanding of what was in those seals to him, and then he expressed it to those that are on earth at that time. Hello? That's you. So God brought that message of the third pull to you in this last day. No more higher order. That's, that's the top of the line. That's the way God does it and does it best. And remember, the third pull was the opening of those seals to reveal the hidden truth that's been sealed in the word. That is not over. That is still happening. How many would agree? You're still learning. Still learning. What, I, what I'm showing you today, what I'm displaying for you today is, is evidence that God is still teaching and God is still revealing and God is still showing things that uh, were released under the opening of those seven seals here. So it was not, uh, you know, seven services and bang, we know everything. But God opened the door, if you like. He opened the, the, the gateway and all of a sudden all of these uh, things began to come to pass. These things began to be known. These things were, uh, were, were uh, revealed and taught over the years, and we're still enjoying that. He even makes a statement that we will actually be learning even out into the millennium, which is an incredible thing, because there is so much to, to this. I mean, this is the full and complete revelation of Jesus Christ. Is everybody still with me? I love to see folks taking notes here and, and uh, staying with me. You're welcome always to have every PowerPoint that I do. They're all available. And if you can't find it or get it, you make sure you get in contact with me. You can have all of it uh, because it's, it's, uh, we make it available. So as I said last Sunday as well, there are three facets to that third pool, and we're not going to uh, dig deeply here. Uh, it, it was the opening of the word that God allowed a, a season where the mysteries of God were sealed through the ages. So everyone, and this is his word, everyone probed at it. And when you probe at something, you're making your best guess. You're doing your, your fervent study and making your best guess of what that means. And they probed at the book of Revelation especially. The great ministers through the ages, Luther and Wesley and uh, all the other great ministers and, and scholars through the ages, believers who looked at the book of Revelation and saw it, tried to place things, tried to interpret things, 
did their very best. And I'm not, I'm not playing that down. They did their very best. But the word of the Lord does not come to a scholar, and it doesn't come to a reformer. It doesn't come to a church age messenger. It comes to a prophet. So therefore, Brother Bram's message then becomes very significant and very important for us for that reason. In those five identifications, sorry, the second manifestation was, was uh, of the sons of God. And so therefore, this is, this is the, if you understand my terminology, this is the wave sheaf where God took the first grain of wheat in the field that had come to maturity, waves it over the people, and says, there's more coming. All right? And in that process, creation occurs. The control of nature occurs. Resurrection occurs. Salvation occurs. And the supernatural is common. It happens. Under his ministry, the manifested Son of God, which was Brother Branham, all of those things were on display, undisputed. That's an amazing thing. Now, here's what you're going to have to deal with, and you've got to tuck this away. This screen is either really true or it ain't. There's no halfway making a claim here that's halfway right. The third thing is preaching to the total lost. And this is exactly what happened in the days of Noah, when Noah built the ark, and the people had a witness of salvation and a place of safety for 120 years and rejected it. So they could not blame God ever for, for not giving them an opportunity, for not giving them a chance. They had it. They had it there right in front of their face and turned away from it. So therefore, part of our, part of our ministry, if you like, in the last day, is to represent a way out for everyone you come in contact with. You know, you think about the clients you see. You think about the students you study with. You think about the people whose cars you fix, the people who drive trucks and bring goods to people, all the interactions you have with people in life. You are a representative of the saved to the lost. And in many ways, how you conduct yourself matters. The length of your skirt, the language you use, the way you interact with people, it matters. Because you are a representative of another kingdom that is on its way to glory. Dealing with people who are in a potentially dead state moving to the tribulation. Wow. And that, to me, that's an awesome responsibility. It's a great thing. All right, let me keep going here. Brother Bram said in the breach, and I think, I think personally, this is one of my personal favorites. But I also happen to think it is a really important sermon. And we're going to go through it a little bit when we get our, when we get our uh, feet on that uh, portion of the, of the study. But in the breach, Brother Branham ties together some really important things. And he says, now we know that this book of redemption will not be thoroughly understood. It's probed at through six ages. So it's not thoroughly understood through the six ages. I have just, I think, just about every book by A.W. Pink who was a Scottish minister in the Presbyterian era uh, in, um, in, in Scotland. And A.W. Pink, I believe, 
I believe, and I think there's a statement where Brother Branham says that A.W. Pink will be, will be a part of the bride. He'll be over there. And wrote, he wrote many commentaries. He wrote commentaries on David. And one of the books that Brother Branham had by his bedside when he passed away was The Sovereignty of God. It's a tremendous book. It's the only small book, but it talks about this whole idea of predestination. And Pink was a, a very learned man, and he was a very great student. He was one who was absolutely uh, tied to the Bible, but he could never quite get the whole picture. He, he admitted that. He could never really quite put together uh, something about predestination, even though he wrote everything that he knew, and he did a tremendous job. And here comes Brother Branham in the last day and puts together this whole idea of predestination like Pink talked about with the idea of attributes and how that God had attributes. And he said in him were sons and daughters just like sons and daughters are in a natural father. And he talks about these attributes being on the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world. And it is the aha that Pink never had. And the way Brother Bram describes that, he says, now, if you were ever in the Lamb's Book of Life, he said, your destiny is already determined. Because you can't join the Lamb's Book of Life. You can't decide to get on there. And then he says, you were not saved on any certain day. You didn't come to the altar and get saved. He says, you were saved. You just found out you were. And it's the aha that Pink needed to hear. I would like to actually be in heaven when Pink finds that out. Or if they haven't, him and Brother Branham haven't already sat down and talked about this. But that's the kind of thing where Brother Branham said they probed at it through six church ages. But at the end when the seventh angel, how many know who the seventh angel is? When he begins to sound his mystery, he winds up all the loose ends that these fellows probed at. And the mysteries come down from, not Jeffersonville, they come down from God. As the word of God. And he reveals the entire revelation of God. Wow. God said, I'm going to save the best to last. And then you kind of got to look at yourself and say, he also saved the best to last. Look around at the congregation. Here's a man whose ancestors grew beets and Hitler wanted to have get in on the show. Now I said last Sunday it was uh, uh, sauerkraut, right? That may be who Tyler is, but it was beats that they were after. He, I, he and I talked about this this week, and I made a mistake of saying it was a sauerkraut farm, and you don't grow a sauerkraut on a farm, right? <laughs> and it's surprising, none of, you, none of you got after me for that, you know. But it was beets, and I said, if that don't beat all, and that's what they were after. So you talk about our origins, talk about our histories, talk about our backgrounds and our former life, and God says, I'm going to choose that. I'm going to choose him. I'm going to choose her. And I'm going to choose people that you, you and I, in our right minds, would never choose to be in the best of times when it comes to Revelation. When it comes to Revelation, we're living in the best of times. And God didn't choose anyone else. He chose you and I to be here in the best of times for a Revelation. So the people who don't have to die and go over there and know it all, you're the ones who live and get to see it all. See it all on the PowerPoint. You see it all in your books and, and listen to it on the tape. It's just an amazing thing. Because it doesn't come from Brother Barry and it doesn't come from uh, just ordinary reading your Bible. The mysteries come down from God as the Word of God. And a, and a prophet is on earth revealing these things. It's the entire revelation of God. That God had all the mysteries, serpent seed, and whatever more is to be revealed. Now, if somebody questions you on that, 
Here's where you find it in the Bible, in Revelation 10. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. And a rainbow was upon his head. And his face is a word of the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. How many know this is Jesus Christ? Right? And he had in his hand a little book open. And he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. This is reserved now for Revelation chapter 10. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up these things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. So the thing that was, to be, was available to know back in that first age in John's day on the Isle of Patmos, God says, seal it up. I'm going to unseal it, but not now. God saved that for you. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seven angel, how many know that's William Branham? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that we can sit here, go through this. You can plug names in. You can, uh, you know, you, yeah, I got it. Brother Barry, I got it. Yeah, sure. But in the days of the voice of the seven angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared to his servants, the prophets. So we live in the season where all of this comes open and it comes open to you, it comes open to a specific group of people. It comes open to a people that God chose, not you, but God chose to live in the last day and be recipients of the full revelation of God. Wow. Write that down in your notes and take it home. All right, let me give you the second paragraph of the quote that I was giving you. At the sounding of the seventh church age, last church age, all the loose ends that through these church ages have been probed at will be wound together. So that's Brother Bram's ministry. It's winding together all these loose ends and bringing together the pieces of the puzzle that need to be in the right place. And when the seven, now remember now, lots of other people tried to do that through the ages, but they never had the hand of the master guiding them to put this scripture here and this scripture here. Take this end and tie it together with this one over here and come out with the right picture. And when the seals are broken and mysteries revealed, down comes the angel, the messenger Christ, setting his foot upon the land and the sea with a rainbow over his head. Now remember this seventh angel. How many believe the seventh angel is William Branham? This seventh angel is on earth at the time of this coming. Whoa. How many of you were born in 1963? How many of you were alive in 1963? I got to say that twice because if you're older. Yeah. Not many. Hey, keep your hand down there. Not many people born in 1963. But you know what? God knew you'd be here. And God opened all this, saved it all, preserved it all. Because he knew you'd come and come into a position of maturity under the hearing of this word. This is the only thing that makes the lily what it really is. Are we okay? This is the thing that makes the lily what it really is. All right, let's go back to our diagram now and let's add something. In Luke 17, 30, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Jesus tells us this, that there's going to be certain things happen in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Okay? Now, notice we haven't got five 
bubbles. We have six now because I've added the foolish virgins in here. So out of the church, out of the church system comes these foolish virgins. Now let's mark this up, okay? Let's, let's fill this out and make it really messy. Is that all right? <clears throat> the bride is, and there's a scripture verse for everybody who's in a bubble here, all right? Everybody's got a scripture verse. The bride, to me, is, is in this. There's many other scriptures we could apply, but we are the people who are taking the book and eating the book and prophesying again. Because there needs to be this second witness, if you like, of the truth of the mystery of God revealed to the Gentile dispensation before it's all over, before it's taken away. Am I making sense here? All right? Okay. So there's, there's lots and lots of other scriptures we could put here, but this is one of the things that the bride is doing, and we are representing the message, not just, and I say, not just physically giving somebody a book, but your life should be a written epistle, known and read of all men. Right, So uh, let me tell you, the life you present is more powerful than the book you give. The book you give is important, and, and I think it's an essential thing. But your life is a reflection of what this book is actually teaching and talking about. And so therefore, if you're out there and you're smoking or drinking or using foul language and you're, uh, you know, you're jumping on somebody to beat them up, uh, you know, and then you come along next week and give them a, a, a message book and say, yeah, this is what my church believes. Naturally, somebody would kind of put those two together and say, you want me to believe this and this produces that in you? I don't want to be that. The second thing is in, in, in terms of Israel, Israel's position, if you like, is becoming painfully clear by modern events that are taking place, right? So in Revelation chapter 11, it's a thing they're just about to experience Moses and Elijah. Today would have been the day we would have left for Israel if we were going. Today was the Sunday we were supposed to be going and on the plane. And one of the things that I wanted to see and photograph is a number of people over in Israel who are sitting in, in, the, in the squares over there, the, uh, you know, the marketplaces, and, and they're sitting in chairs. And some of them, like you see uh, veterans here on the side of the road, you know, and they're asking for a quarter or a dollar or whatever else. Over there, you see people with signs on them that say, I'm Moses, and I'm Elijah. Or two of them standing there. This is Moses and Elijah. And there's lots of people over there know that that prophecy's got to come to pass. And they know it's going to happen in Israel. And so you see people over there who are identified with that. I don't think they're the real Moses and Elijah. Uh, but there are people over there who know that that's the next thing for Israel. They know that's got to take place next. And I wanted to take some pictures and show you. Zechariah 14 as well talks about the geopolitical situation like we have today where all nations are coming against Israel and coming against Jerusalem. You don't need me to explain that. You're living in the day when that's happening, right? And there's all kinds of things that are going on behind the scenes. And you know what? It really doesn't matter because the scripture is going to be fulfilled no matter what kind of deals people make. No matter what kind of determination people have, it's going to happen anyway, right? All right. So in the cosmos, it is what it's supposed to be, a sodomite culture. We talk about the moral vacuum that we live in. 
It's just absolutely incredible of how, uh, you know, the world has, has, has descended, has become so morally deprived in our time. We were talking on, on Wednesday night, me and the boy, college boys here, and some of the stuff that they're being required to write about, I don't even want to repeat, right? Some of you guys that are in college and some of you kids that are in college, kids over here in college, it, it's absolutely, uh, I mean, some of it is a product of a depraved mind or a depraved system. I mean, it, I, I, I was feeling bad for these guys. They're big and ugly enough to, to deal with it. But I was thinking about the next generation of kids that come up, my grandkids. And I was thinking, man, if, if they're facing this filth and, and the debauchery that's being taught in schools, <laughs> by the way, you're paying for what is it going to be like in 10 years? You know, it's just become more and more depraved all the time. We don't need to deal much on that. National powers is interesting because national powers have their place in, in, in this whole big scenario. So the United Nations would be considered a national power without being very powerful, right? Right? Because no matter how much the, the, uh, the leader of the United Nations gets up and talks about things, he doesn't really move the needle very much, right? Everybody doesn't say, oh, whoa, I'm doing this because the UN uh, told me to do so. Uh, you know, I mean, it exists. Now, let me tell you, when the Antichrist system takes over, there will be power unleashed in the world that will move the needle because they'll own the needle. So right, uh, national powers is what Brother Bram said, forces things into place. And so they're allowed to have power for a season like Russia. Let me tell you, I believe that something about Russia will exist until the end because they have certain roles to play in our world. I believe they're going to destroy the Vatican. I believe that they're going to uh, lead nations down to Israel. And I believe they'll be there in Armageddon. Uh, and there's different statements that we could uh, provide for you in all of that. So uh, no matter what happens in Russia, and everybody remember Ukraine, right? And all of, the, all of the powers that are at work in the world, they may not be just a single nation like China, although that's a big national power, and they have a, a, big, uh, a big footprint, and they have an agenda. And they're very, very anxious about their agenda and pushing that agenda to completion because they think time is going to go on and on and on. And the European Union also would be an entity to watch because in Europe now, you can basically drive from the top of Norway down to the bottom of, of uh, Malaga, Spain, and not show any ID at all. No ID, no card, no passport, no nothing. They do have a card that they can swipe at a turnstile only when they go to the Switzerland because the Swiss are super uber efficient and they'd like to have you know measure of control. But other than that, people just drive around uh, Switzerland and go on their way. But you don't, you, there's no identification anymore. They're citizens of the EU. And therefore, uh, it, it is essentially uh, kind of like one nation. They have all these different languages and all these different foods and all these different customs and so forth. But uh, they're essentially kind of homogenizing into one, uh, one entity. Now, it's really interesting because the EU is centered there in Belgium and then the Vatican City is there also in Rome. And therefore, there's going to be things happen out of Europe that are going to be significant, okay? All I'm saying is that all of these are doing very different things and their roles are really important. The last thing that I want to say is that there is 
there is then this entity, Matthew 25, which we read, where there are foolish virgins. There's a separation of the church from the bride. Everybody following? There's a separation of the church from the bride. And then out of that, there, there are, as Jesus describes, he doesn't call them bride and church in Matthew 25, but he says that there are wise virgins and there are foolish virgins there. Okay? I, I love graphic stuff. And I hope that helps. I hope that helps to kind of give you a scripture verse or at least an orientation for uh, things that are taking place here. So what we're focusing on is this group called the Foolish Virgins here for a little bit. And I'm obviously not going to get real far today, but Brother Brandon makes this statement that I want to repeat to you. It's all connected together. So when we look at this, it's not just a bunch of random things that are happening. It is all connected together. And he said, God deals with Jews, not as individuals, but a nation. Israel's ready to receive the Spirit when Elijah and Moses appear to them after the rapture of the church. Fig tree putting forth its buds. So they're coming to their homeland, but Israel will be received as a nation. We're, as individuals, Abraham's seed. That was the Holy Spirit. So therefore, God is dealing with everybody in that bubble screen differently, because if you're a Jew, you get dealt with this way. And if, you, if you're a Gentile member of the bride, you get dealt with in this way. And if you're, uh, if you're a member of the nominal Christian church out there or the uh, ecumenical ch- movement or whatever else, you know what? You're a part of the church, but you're walking around in a very dark time, listen, without light. You're walking around in a very dark time without light because they have no oil in their lamp. The only difference between you and them is that you can see where you're going. And you have somebody who's standing up saying, that's the door, without making any sounds. So if I, I wish I had a blindfold. I wish I had a blindfold. But you understand the principle. You understand the principle that if I took these two yahoos right here, uh, these two brothers right here, and I, I had them here, and, and the way is this way, and the entrance to the kingdom is that way, and I set them, we spun them around, why don't we do it? No. And if we, if we set them off on the path, and they had to go by sight, they had to go by revelation, they had to go by supernatural light, the one with the blindfold is going to be floundering, right? There ain't no way. There ain't no way that he could wind up in that specific place that the bride is ordained to end up in. There ain't no way. Because we walk, we, we, we navigate by sight. We, we, de- we depend upon the light of God that has been brought to us in the last day according to Revelation 10, right? It's all connected together. This is, these are not disconnected, uh, disor- di- di- uh, disoriented events. These are, these are all connected together. And so Brother Bram, see, now he said, the angel of the Lord, wow, is on earth now, and he's moving around and fixing everything for the coming of the Lord. Wow. Let's say you're a family. Come on up here. You're a family, and you never thought of this, but you know what? I need you right here. I need you right here. And you're a family, so come on with me. So come on over here, if you don't mind. Follow me. You're, you're supposed to go right here, okay? Now, if you don't mind, take your sunglasses. Now, I need you over here. They're not deciding this. I'm deciding this as the Holy Spirit, exactly where they need to be. 
You may think, wow, well, that's silly. Or why did, I, why did I have to do that? Why did I have to move from this state to that state? And why did certain things take place here? Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit knew exactly where you're supposed to be. Your best response is to be willing to do what the voice tells you. I need to talk a bit more about this, but just for today, if you resisted that, if I, if I tried to get you up and you resisted the move, so resist me, come on, I'm going to pull you up, like, come on, get up, come on. And if, he, after a while, the Holy Spirit might say, oh, oh, oh. the Holy Spirit might say, I, I, look, just go back to where you were. I'll be back. Look, if you don't mind, would you get over here? Sit, sit right here. And I'm going to move Israel. I'm going to move the U.S. The U.S. is a big nation. And I'm going to move the U.S. over here. And I'm move you right here. All right, now let's do this again. Come on, resist me here. Come on. The way, listen, resistance is not, is not a pleasant task here because I've got re, to re, really work at this. Got to get those Jews back in the homeland. He's a bunch of Jews here in Russia, and they got a lot of money. I got to get them back. Look, hey, you're supposed to be in Israel here. <laughs> Had to leave all the business behind and all the university behind and everything else. Welcome to the right place. And after a while, when it comes apparent he's in the right place, he's thanking God. Oh, thank you, Lord. But what I had to do to get you from there to here. All right, everybody can go back to your same places there. <clears throat> I mean, if I understand English, that's what Brother Bram is telling us. There's a power here that's on earth now moving you where you're supposed to be for the coming of the Lord. Who knew you had to go to Indiana, right? Who knew you'd wind up here? Who knew? Who knew? No one knew. You could still be in Germany, right? <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? We'd have, you know, the, the, one of the best representatives of Zimbabwe here in our own church playing, acting as a deacon today. Who knew? There's nowhere in the Bible I find you're supposed to know. You're only supposed to respond. You can run all you want. You can be like... Yahoo over here, you can resist and you can run. But you know what? There's someone smarter than you knows where you need to be. The sooner you give in, the better. It's the same angels that heard the sin when they went down to... Whoa. So the same angels that moved people around in the days of Sodom... And got Lot out of his house. Lot, you need to go with us. Get your family together. That's the same one. Do you believe that? That's the same angels. One stays up with Abraham. Two go down in Sodom. Those guys are here. And they're moving you around. Not further into Sodom. But away from it. These are the guys that saw it all. They don't need to go down to Sodom to see whether it's bad or not. Been there, done that. These angels were there. 
They heard the sin. And one stayed with Abraham. Sodom was down there. Lot was in Sodom. And the two angels went down there to preach, preach to them and brought that little bitty group out, sleeping virgin. But the one angel stayed with Abraham. Could that be real? Could that be really true? That God, is actually, God actually sent these angels that were in Sodom. Now they've got experience. Yeah, they can identify Sodom. Yeah, I've seen that before. But they're not here to, they're not here to make people compliant with Sodom. They're here to get people out. Can I leave you with something? Just, if you don't mind, <clears throat> take your Bible and let's go to Leviticus 23. I'm, I'm going to leave you with this thought, okay? Leviticus 23 is a chapter dedicated to the feasts that Israel are commanded to observe. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Holy convocations are gatherings, like the Hebrew word for convocation is actually very similar to our word for camp meeting. A convocation is a, a gathering. People from all over, they all come together for one reason, and they gathered together. But it's to be a holy convocation. So in other words, the expectation is that the presence of God will show up and be there in this holy convocation. And even these are my feasts. So, so God says, this is, this is the way we're going to run this now. And this is the agenda that you're to follow. These feasts now are really important to me. And I'm going to set them in, in a certain order as a cycle. Okay, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day, the day you observe this feast, is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. This is the way God marked the passage of seasons. So this is the first thing that comes, and obviously... When you look at this chapter, and it would be really good for you to take time to look at this chapter because there's all kinds of lessons and types in here that are really great. But God ties, listen, God ties the natural planting and harvest cycles for farmers in harmony with his holy convocations. These are all tied together. So when this feast happens, you plant. When this feast happens, you, you harvest. And that's what, that's what God decides. And so the cycle then is concurrent with nature. Okay? Now, what's really interesting, we'll add a third layer, is that these cycles are also directly tied to church ages. It's really easy, and I'll do a little bit of it, not today, but it's really easy to take these seven cycles of feasts and, and, and ceremonies and lay the church ages next to them and... Whoa, that's exactly what God was talking about. And even when Brother Bram describes them, 
It's really interesting. I mean, he knows exactly what, what this Leviticus 23 is really about. So Leviticus 23 is really an important uh, chapter. And I, w- I want you to take just a quick look here in verse 6. And on the 15th day of the same month of, uh, is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Unto, uh, unto the Lord in seven days must ye eat unleavened bread. And verse 10 starts Feast number 3 and number 4. And in, number, uh, in, in verse 22... As part of this feast, so just to give you an example, as part of this feast, in verse 22 of Leviticus 23, And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of thy field when thou reapest. This is all about harvest now, okay? Neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of thy harvest, thou shalt leave them unto Ruth and Naomi. So this is the scripture verse they acted on when they went into the field. They were not stealing, they had a right because Leviticus 23:22 gave them the right to go in there because they were part of the poor and the stranger I am the Lord your God. So that's why when Boaz went in there he didn't run everybody off they had a right to be there but he said to the to the reapers hey drop a little bit on purpose right in her path so she can have more cuz she's special. Okay? So the, the, I mean, this is, this is really neat when you start looking at how all of these pieces were not left just for Israel walking around in the desert. These are still in place today in terms of cycles. All right, so here's those seven feasts, and here they are laid out, all tied to the harvest cycle. Let's clean up the board a little bit and get rid of those. So the Passover was the beginning of the harvest season, the very beginning of it. God says when you come to that... That's going to be the fall of the year in Israel. And uh, we're going to go through uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread and then First Fruits. And sometimes there's only days between these feasts. And sometimes there's weeks between these feasts. But either way, this is the order that they were to be in until they come to the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost. And you'll, I, I put the scriptures there so you can go down and look and, and see how they all kind of come one after the other. So God says, this is the way I want it done. This is, the, this is the program. This is the order of things that are going to happen. He lays that out very carefully. Now, what's, again, what's really interesting, let's put it up again, but let's clear off the top part now. And what's really interesting is that when it comes to the Feast of Pentecost, uh, which Brother Branham goes back and refers to, uh, you know, the day of Pentecost and Talks about how that there were weeks that followed fifty, uh, sorry, seven Sabbaths. Seven times seven is forty-nine, and he goes through, he ties that to the church ages until they come to the Day of Atonement, or we we could add in there the Feast of the Trumpets, which the Lord descends from heaven with a shout and the voice and the trump of God. A trump is always something that calls people together. Okay, so after the Feast of Weeks, there's a trumpet that sounds, and guess what happens? When that trumpet sounded, tell me what happened in the earth. I'll tell you two things. Number one, you were all called out. You heard a trumpet sound, and you were all called out to the message of the hour. You were all called out to the tree of life. Isn't that right? You got up where you were. You were in a church, and you got up. I remember getting up out of church. I remember in the middle of church, in the Catholic church, I remember standing up in the middle of it, and I felt like saying out loud, I didn't. I didn't. But I felt like saying this is a waste of time. And I got up and walked out. And I remember walk, standing outside the church I've been in all my life. And my parents had been in all their lives. And my grandparents had been in all their lives. And I, I stood outside the church and I said, I'm free. I never even knew what I was free from. But I knew I was free. I had the feeling of being free. 
and walked out. You know why? Because in the back of my mind, I was hearing, in my soul, I was hearing a trumpet sound. Still hadn't heard the voice of Brother Branham. Still had never read a spoken word book. But I heard a sound that somehow said, let's separate from that. And I got up and I said, thank God I am free. The, the trumpet sound also caused all those Jews in various countries to get up and go back to Israel. Some came easy. Some came like Brother Clayville. But they came. Wars drove them out. Persecution drove them out. All kinds of things drove them out. National powers drove them out. And all kinds of things happened. But you know what? They got back to Israel. It's because God was sounding a trumpet that Israel now needs to be not there, but here. Right? Don't tell me these trumpets don't exist today. They do. The Day of Atonement refers to the day when all Israel recognizes Christ as the Messiah. The Day of Atonement is a day of mourning for their sins. And that's representative of, and Brother Branham ties it, so you don't need to doubt me, but that's the day when Israel wakes up and realizes that Jesus Christ, the one we crucified, was actually the Messiah. And they mourn. They just go into national mourning. But after that three and a half years, there is then the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths where we all live for a thousand years in a temporary shelter prior to new heavens and new earth. God says, this is the order for feasts. I want you to put them right in the order like this. This is the way we're going to do it. And that coincides with the natural cycle in the earth. But even though you don't see it now when Moses wrote it, this also is going to be the plan of time for the next 4,000 years. 5,000 years. Amazing. <clears throat> Let me end with this. I've grown to love the book of Deuteronomy, not just because Jesus used it more than any other book, but there's so many great things there <clears throat> that are parallel to our day going into a new place. When they were hearing the words of the book of Deuteronomy, the Jews were getting ready to go into a new place, right? Musicians, you need to get ready. Don't come yet, but get ready. <clears throat> so Moses is actually giving them words from God to get ready to go into the land. I want you to get ready to go into the land because you're going to run into certain pressures and struggles there. You're going to have certain things you're going to need to face. You're going to have to resist temptation in certain ways. And these, these are the things that I want you to do. When you get in, you do this and this and this and establish your feasts and so forth and all of that. And don't worry, more instructions will come. And, and, but on this side of the Jordan River, God was instructing the people, get ready now, get ready, because you're going to go. Get ready. Everybody ready? All right, we all in line? Everybody in the right order? All right, everybody, let's, let's line up. We're almost there. We're getting ready. <clears throat> in a real sense, that's what we're doing today, right? We're saying, all right, everybody, <laughs> get ready. Here's how we apply the token. Here's what that looks like. Here's how we pay our tithes. Here's how we get our houses cleaned out. Here's how we get our phones cleaned out. They had houses, we have phones. And this, this is, these are the things you got to do now. Get ready. Everybody get in line. If you're a minister, get ministering. If you're a member of the congregation, be a good member of the congregation. But let's get ready now because we're going. 
Anybody, everybody got their shoes? You got everything you need for the journey? You baptized? You got, you're wearing the right things? The last call was the book of Deuteronomy before they got in there, right? We're, we're kind of reliving that because now everybody baptized the way they should be. Everybody got the right kind of shoes. Because you know what happens on the way to church? It's always the last thing. I can't find my shoes. Or your kids come and they have one. It's the devil. It's the devil. So Moses tells the people, Deuteronomy 20, when thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and he's not mincing words, he's saying, you know what, you're going to have to fight. Brother Aaron sent me a quote this morning, I'd love to, if I had it, I'd play it here, but Brother Bram talks about wrestling Satan for things that are yours, and the battle that goes on. And he says, when thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, there's, there's more of them. Be not afraid. That's what he tells them. Don't be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee. I brought you up this far. I'm going to bring you in all the way. I didn't bring you this far to lose you. I'm going to bring you in. I'm telling you, I'm promising you, I'm going to bring you in. And it shall be when ye are come nigh unto the battle, that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people, and shall say unto them, Hear ye, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not. and Do not tremble. Neither be terrified of them. Most important thing that's said in that verse, for the Lord thy God is with thee. If that's not there, we have a right to be afraid. If that's not there, we have a right to be terrified. Your job is to guard your heart. Because out of it are the issues of life. Everything you do is going to be from the heart somehow, some way. It isn't just a mental process here. For, for us as believers, and I'd like to say this, you know, for some of you who are young, and I know this is a concern, you're thinking about, well, I know somebody's not been saved, and I know somebody's not filled with the Holy Ghost, or your parents are thinking about children and so forth, need to move on up, need to get in closer and so forth, need to embrace the cross. And you've got kids out there who are floundering. They're acting like they know where they're going, but they don't have the same oil you have. And therefore, it's a concern. It's a real concern. And... It, it is a, a time, I think, to pray and be concerned about our loved ones and making sure we're, all, number one, we're all okay, but then our, our immediate family are okay. And, and it's not an easy time. It's not a, it's not a clear time. It's not, things are not clear like they were 100 years ago. A lot of things are confusing now. And besides that, everybody's got an answer because they've already Googled what you're going to ask them. They know. Everybody knows today, right? Aren't you glad for a prophet? But I want to say this, that when, when Solomon said, guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life, he was not just talking about, you know, a girl giving her heart to some guy who shows an interest in her. That's part of it. And this is not just about relationships, but in our time, we've got to make sure that we don't lend our heart or open our heart to be overwhelmed by the pressures 
and the busyness of this life. Because it's easy to become so encumbered and so involved and so head, neck, and ears into what you're doing. I'm going to leave the spiritual part up to Brother Bear. I'm going to go to church and I'll say amen when I need to and pay my tithes and everything else. But you know what? My heart is there or my heart is involved in this. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to condemn anybody. I'm not saying that because I'm a, I'm a Gemini and a type A and all of that. I, you know, I have a busy nature about me and I have all of that too. I've got to actually guard my heart and say, you know what? I've got, to, I've got to not take on certain things. And I appreciate our trustees and the vision books folks are helping me and getting things done and, and uh, you know, uh, doing, helping, helping with some of the work. And you people here and the deacons here are so great and um, taking things off my shoulder. Sometimes all i got to do is ask them and then bang, I never have to think about it again. And uh, Luke and Haley do work for me and different, you know, different people in the church. And that's what we should do. Because it's easy. It's, let me tell you, it's real, real easy to get burned out in a time like this. And when you get burned out, you don't feel like summoning up the energy to participate like we probably should. And when you get burned out, let me tell you something, what happens. It's real easy for you to lose your joy. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. We got jobs, we got saving money, we got, we got health issues, we have, oh, you know, you know the routine. Those are things that are naturally placed on our lap in our time. You know, what's the government going to do? My goodness, who do you vote for today? Tell me, who do you vote for today? Anybody got a good answer for that? How, how can you, con- well, anyway, <laughs> I better get off there. There's a lot of things today that are out there that seemingly have no answer. And you know what? It just bothers. I mean, you're forced, in a sense, to think about it. If you're on the Internet and you're plugged in and, you know, people around you are talking about things. And it's easy. All I'm saying is that it's easy for your heart to get so filled up with stuff that is not really the most important stuff. That, that you can, your decisions are affected by the fullness of your heart with stuff. And you've got to guard your heart. And that's, I think that's what God is telling, Moses is telling the people here, is that this, this soldier's got a sword and a shield, and he's going to keep on. That's, that's entirely for keeping the, the, the fiery darts of the enemy and pursuing the thing that you need to pursue. So we're going to pursue with one hand, we're going to guard in the other hand. And you still got to do that today. You got to you got to guard yourself against the overwhelming pressures of our time and the despondency that comes with that. Because the passage through life will change things for you. When you get older and all your kids all your kids leave, or let me say how I really feel it. And your kids leave. And you go through seasons of life that bring change, whether you like it or not. It brings change. And there's things in your life you're going to find out you can't control. Things that other people do that you can't control. Once you could, when your kids were knee-high to a grasshopper, you could control them, wear this, sit here, do that, eat that, finish your dinner. You know, you could do all that, but there comes a season where you can't do that anymore. So now people got to come from Florida all the way to North Carolina to see their grandkids. Bless your hearts. 
And, and, and this, to me, God is making sure that in, in the whole process of going from this kingdom to that kingdom, the thing that Satan wants to get at you most about is occupying you with stuff that doesn't matter. With stuff that only brings you emotionally down or mentally down. It encumbers you. And that's what Satan's working overtime to do. If I had a surefire way of giving you a three-step process to fix all that, I would. But I don't. I only know this. Like I said at the beginning of the service, God's mercies are new every day. And we need his mercies every day. Because we, we're, we're in a season where it's harder to know how to navigate than it ever has been. Back, back in former days, people were a lot more together. Governments were a lot more together. Churches were a lot more sensible, right? Now, you know, here you have the Catholic Church doing crazy things. You've got the Southern Baptists doing crazy things. Everybody around us doing crazy things. Message churches being investigated by outsiders. All kinds of things that are taking place. If you and I didn't initiate, we didn't start. But the hatred for the people of God, the Gentiles, the hatred for the people of God is as real towards us as the hatred towards Israel is today. No matter what they do, they're going to be criticized. No matter what they do, they're going to be blamed. No matter what. In a spiritual way, the bride of Christ, we feel the pressure. We can't just, it's just that we can't see the enemy. We can't put our hand on the enemy. But God's remedy is this. You just need to know every day. Say it. You need to know. For it's the Lord thy God that's with thee. And you know what, Lord, if you're with us, Sister Doris, I can handle this. If I know you're with me, I can handle this. If I know he's near, I can put my two feet on the floor in the morning and go through the day. Let's stand to our feet. Can you imagine what it would be like to be a foolish virgin without oil? Hence, no light. Hence, no real sense of direction. What a terrible place. Where are they during the millennium? They're in the grave. They come out, they go through judgment. We'll look at that. We'll look at their path a little bit more as we go along here. Because, thankfully, a prophet helped us to navigate through all of this and where where they wind up. But I'd like to say again, and I know I'm being redundant and all of that, but I'd like to say again, I'm glad for the light. I'm glad for the truth. I'm glad for the ability to see in this hour. Because you're in one of those bubbles, and there's a scripture verse that applies to every one of us. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that got us where we are. It's grace that's going to help us keep our hearts covered. Let's sing it together. Let's just worship him now for a little while this morning. Amazing grace shall always be 
worship as we lift your holy name you deserve the glory and the honor Lord we lift our hands in worship as we bless your
sense your nearness. We sense, Lord, that truly you're the one who's positioning everything where it needs to be and moving us around. We sense, Lord, that there are things happening around us and to us that are results of a supernatural power. And Lord Jesus, we just want to be sensitive to that. We want to make sure our hearts are clear enough that we can always hear and be willing to respond in the right way. Lord, fear often crowds the heart. Busyness often crowds the heart. And we're praying, Lord Jesus, that you'd help us to keep that shield held high. I pray now in Jesus Christ's name that you would bring strength, Lord, to those who need it. Encouragement, Lord, to the hands that hang down. I pray, Father, that you would help us to be confident where we stand, no matter where you have placed us. But Lord, we believe that you are behind our position, so therefore we should have confidence, Lord. We pray for the sick. We pray, Lord, for those that are in need today. We thank you, Brother Fulcher, Lord, and we prayed for him many times, and you've helped him. You've touched him, Lord, and we're asking just once more that you would do the same thing again. Lord, we ask now in Jesus Christ's name that you would, Lord, as we leave this place, that a portion of your spirit would remain with us. Lord, this anointing that is present in the building today, help us, Lord, I pray, help us right where we are, because, Lord, we will never be able to change our own bodies. We are depending upon you for that. We're amazed. We're amazed that you love us. We're amazed that you care about us so much. But you do, and we thank you for that. So have your way, Lord, we pray now. Strengthen us in your service. In Jesus Christ's lovely name we pray. We pray also for the peace of Jerusalem today. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm amazed that you love me. Amazed that you love me. I'm amazed how you care your precious blood. I found Atmosphere here today. It's almost, it's almost too bad. 
uh, to dismiss. But if you want to stay and just linger and worship a little bit, that's certainly fine to do that. If I can pray with you as you know about anything, be glad to do that as well. I appreciate you and love you in the Lord. And I just trust that uh, God will guide you through this week and, and uh, speak to your hearts and comfort you with his presence because that's what he loves to do. Sing it again one more time and God bless you this morning. I'm amazed that you love me. Yes, I'm amazed how you